This is a Visual Audio Times production. Hello and welcome to Imole, your go-to mental health, wellness and spirituality podcast. I am your host, Palumi. Thank you for hitting play on this episode. Please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Also, follow Imole on Instagram and Twitter at ImoleThePod. Before we start today's episode, I'd like for us to calm our nerves with a short meditation exercise. Follow the sound of my voice. Breathe in slowly. Breathe out slowly. So today we're going to be talking about bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder is a common diagnosis in today's society, yet most of us don't truly understand what it is and how to deal with those around us who are living with bipolar disorder. My guest, Ibufubara Davis, is here to talk, is here to break it all down for us. She's a psychotherapist and research analyst living and working in Lagos, Nigeria. She's the founder of Nongu Health, Yes, and a private psychotherapy service which offers support and resources to people dealing with mental health issues. She has worked with organizations that focus on helping survivors of sexual trauma and PTSD get back on their feet. And she's dedicated to providing good mental health care to young Nigerians. Welcome to the show, Ibu Fubara. So would you like to just share where we can find you on social media, like what your Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff is, and also your website? Okay, so um, for my work, my yes. handle is pretty much the same everywhere. So it's nungohealth at gmail.com, nungohealth on Instagram, nungohealth on Twitter, nungohealth on Facebook. Mm. And nungohealth yes. is spelled N-U-N-G-U, then health. health. So, yes. Yeah, nungu. And it's one one word, right? Yes, it's one word uh, everywhere. Okay, all right. So... Let's just get into the conversation. So most people are familiar with the term bipolar disorder. And many of us even misdiagnose other people. You know, one person is having a bad day. Oh, she's kind of bipolar. I hear that so many times. And a lot of celebrities and popular figures have been open in the past, in the um, past couple of years. One very popular one is Kanye West about their bipolar d- diagnosis. So can you explain to us what this is, like what the technical definition of bipolar disorder is? Okay, so it's not technical here, but it's more um, <laughs> medical and pathological. So basically, the definition bipolar disorder um, used to be called um, manic depression or manic depression. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with what mania is, um, but yeah, it's a mental health condition that that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, which is the mania or hypomania, and lows, which is which could be depression. Do you understand? So a lot of times when people say, oh, yeah, like, 
that thing is bipolar or that person is bipolar in they don't use it in the correct sense. They're using it as um, sort of when somebody immediately just, maybe someone is sad right now and they're happy the next minute. They just, they usually say that. But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily like that. It's um, it's lows and it's emotional highs and the highs don't have to be happiness a lot of times. It can also be something like irritability. And they don't always, like, it doesn't have to be, like, immediately one happens, it hap- um, something else happens the other, another time. Do you understand? It can take a, it can take some hours before the, the mood completely changes or switches to another. Okay, so how long does someone have to have this, these mood swings to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Okay, um... There are different types of bipolar disorder. So it's not just like a one size um, one size of shoes fits all sort of situation. So there is bipolar one disorder, bipolar two disorder, um cyclotimic disorder, and there are other types, uh bipolar and re- bipolar related disorders, yeah, um, which can be induced by drugs, alcohol, or other medical conditions. So, um, like stroke and yeah, and um, multiple sclerosis and all of that. So it's not a one size fits all sort of situation. So for each bipolar disorder, there's a time frame and there's a type attached to it. Okay, so what are the types of bipolar disorder? Like the common types. Okay, so um, bipolar disorder one, which is when someone someone um, must have had at least one manic episode that may be followed by hypomanic or major depressive episodes. Um, basically, a lot of times the mania may trigger a break from reality. So that's why we say the person has a psycho- psychosis. Yeah, so they are, they are sort of removed from reality sort of situation, but they must have had at least one manic episode followed by an, a major depressive episode. So one high and one low. Then the bipolar 2 disorder, they must have had, had at least one major depressive episode and at least one main episode where they've never, um, at least one hypomanic episode where they've never had a manic episode, a manic episode. I don't know how to explain. Like, okay, so it means, I know how to explain this rather. <laughs> it means they must have had um, a low, but not necessarily a high. Do you understand? So then the cyclotimic um, um, disorder, um, they must have had it for at least two years. Um, or for children and teenagers, it's usually a year for them. But um, it's when people have many periods of hypomania and periods of depressive symptoms, but they don't have, but it is less, they have less severe major depression. It's less severe than major depression, let me put it that way. And there are other types, like I said, when people have strokes and sclerosis and all of that, but they just, they have bipolar symptoms due to other illnesses that might have come and just maybe due to the drugs they are taking or just like interference with the brain and the nervous system. So mm. a lot of times people think bipolar 2 disorder is a milder form of bipolar 1, but no, it's not. Um, it's just a separate diagnosis. So there is no mild or severe here. It's just different things. I know a lot of people yeah. like to group mental health illnesses into mild and severe a lot. But yeah, there are some cases where people have some some mental health illnesses or, um, yeah, mental health illnesses. Some people have 
milder symptoms, let me put it that way. But um, even those things that are required as mild might be something that be that might be turning their lives upside down, for instance. That's very true, because when I was reading up on bipolar disorder, I saw that with bipolar 2, even though there is less mania in terms of you yeah. you won't probably have like a manic episode for like seven days and there's less mania, there is more depression involved with bipolar 2. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. necessarily see that as a good thing. Now, first of all, it's probably better for people around you because when someone is having a manic episode, it can be quite intense for the yeah. loved ones and the people around the person. And maybe when you're depressed, they're just in bed, so they don't really bother about you. But the truth of the matter is that is even more dangerous, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. they are more likely to hurt themselves. That's what I was thinking, like coming suicide and stuff. And secondly, also, I heard that there are times when someone could be going through manic and depressive states simultaneously, like at the same time. Yeah. And that is like a more, how do I say, a more, I won't say... Severe. Tougher or harder. Severe. severe, yeah, I can use severe. Okay, so more like a more severe yeah. form of bipolar disorder. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, so there's so many people who've ended their lives because mania makes you feel like you can do anything and makes you feel like you can do what you want at that yeah. point in time. Like, it's crazy. Exactly. And then imagine you feeling like I'm worthless and this and that. I should just jump off this building. And you just do it. And I remember um, there's this popular... TV personality, I really don't want to mention her name, and who just committed suicide. This was January 2022. And it really shocked me because from the outside looking in, she was very, very hyped up. And now people are saying that's high-functioning depression. But I want to really ask this question. Is it possible for someone to have a form of bipolar disorder and it's hard for people around them to pick it up, like their colleagues, their friends, you know, their family members? Is that possible? Okay, so before I go on, uh, I want to say um, people die by suicide, but not necessarily commit suicide. There's a language change yeah. there right now. Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you for correcting earlier, me. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, thank um, you for yes, correcting definitely. me. I really should, I've been trying to change my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's every, we need all of us. Even psychologists, sometimes this um, our statistical manual, the diagnostic statistical manual comes out and we see that we have to learn new things, say new things, like just always be on our toes. So don't worry. Talkers of you, that's not in the field. But yeah, um, yes, it is very, very possible for the family to not even know because diagnosis do not like always present themselves to you and even to mental health um, professionals, no. Someone can actually look like they are dealing with depression, whereas depression is just a symptom of what they are actually dealing with. But because depression shows itself more than any other symptom that they are having, um, it can be concluded as depression. So yeah, it can the real diagnosis or the diagnosis that someone needs to have and like what someone is dealing with can sort of hide itself or not be fully shown or fully seen by family and friends. It happens a lot of times. It is very common. Hmm, that's that's very interesting because most people will expect or will think that bipolar is really loud. You know what I mean? And yeah. people can be behaving erratic sometimes. So they'll ask loved ones, like, how did you not notice that? But like we said, there are different forms of bipolar disorder. So it's very possible that, you know, you probably can miss it. 
as someone who is not a mental health professional. Also, do you yeah. think there are any genetic and environmental factors that are caused bipolar disorder? Because I read about some, but there was no conclusion on it, on what actually causes it. Yeah, there's no, there's no direct conclusion. But when it comes to mental health, um, you see, everybody belongs to different schools, but I am, I am of, <laughs> I would say I'm of the school of epigenetics. But epigenetics really plays a big role in um, mental health um, illnesses. So it's basically, okay, I'll explain this now for you. Um, so epigenetics is basically how behaviors and environment can cause changes that affects people's genes. So it's possible that people... People's fathers, fathers do not have certain, um, do not, they're not dealing with certain things. But because of the environment they find themselves, their genes sort of like starts, um, how will I put it now? They sort of respond to uh, the environment. Yes, respond to the environment. Yes, and over the years, even the children they give birth to, even people they give birth to, just have some sort of hints of what happened in the present environment and the behaviors of people um, around them and all of that. So that's pretty much it. Um, Yes, generally with mental health um, um, disorders, yeah, there is there's little there's they there. I mean, genes can play a big role, do you understand? But there are cases where genes play no role at all. So there is no definite answer of whether genes play a role. No, 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 no. There are people that um, they have mental health illnesses, they're dealing with mental health illnesses, and none of their family members um, were dealing with that. But there are people that, yes, they had one uncle, one sister, one auntie, and the people they even had in their family might be dealing with something entirely different. So, yeah, I'm of the opinion that um, epigenetics are very, very much involved when it comes to mental health issues, even bipolar. That's true, because I often wonder, like, a lot of things that we're diagnosing now People will be like, eh, but our parents never had this, ancestors never had this. And I like to think that because those things were not a priority then, because when you look at man's hierarchy of needs, right now in our society, we're looking more at mental health because a lot of people, and when I say society, I don't just mean Africa because it's quite, it's kind of different here. But a lot of people have been able to satisfy their basic needs like shelter, food, water, like you have in the Western world. And there's some form of wealth, but yet they're still unhappy. So that is when we notice, okay, wait a minute. If the external is good or maybe it's decent, then there must be something wrong somewhere else. And like you said, it's also the environment. Like Some people say if mental illness runs in your family, it's bound to happen. And I think so, but I've seen some families whereby there are different forms of mental illnesses that manifest within them. And that's probably because they've had different upbringings. If you get what I mean? Yeah, so... Just going back, like, what are, besides, I think, can you please explain mania for people? Because we've just been saying mania, and I think some people won't really understand what mania is or how mania can look. So please tell us what mania looks like. Okay. So mania is basically a psychological condition that causes a person to experience um, unreasonable or um, euphoria, very intense moods, mainly very, very hyperactive moods and delusions they understand so that's why people say they have manic episodes um when people have when manic episodes are basically the moments where um all of these things are mentioned are 
brought to light, you know. So mania um, can be in form of people crying excessively, can be people that a lot of a lot of times where people that are dealing with bipolar disorder want go in front of a bridge, for instance, and want to jump in because in that moment they are feeling in that moment their intense mood of just or there's this intense feeling of wanting to do something very risky or or wanting to die by suicide. Do you understand? It can be um, hyperactivity. So one minute you see these people quiet and all of that, the next minute they're trying their hands on every single thing that they can just because in their heads they can't sit still. It can't be still in their heads. Do you understand? So Mina is just a very common symptom of bipolar disorder and it can be very, very dangerous um, for several reasons, including the fact that when many episodes are happening, there, there can be a lot of destruction around the people. Um, there can be a lot of um, pulling down pulling down um, shelves, scattering the room, or wanting to hit another person, stuff like that. Do you understand? You know, when somebody is very hyperactive or like there's this intense think, think if, if you're listening now and you're not dealing with um, bipolar disorder and your mood is already, you have intense moods where it just feels like your chest is so tired and you want to just cry and all of that. Think that's like what's, times 100 or 1,000. Imagine that kind of situation. Do you understand? So it's not like it doesn't feel normal to feel that sort of euphoria or hyperactivity. Do you understand? The mood is just very, very, like, intense. And there are, like, um, signs. So usually these people can be very talkative and do not want to sleep. Thoughts are just racing, um, beating hearts a lot of times. Just... Exaggerated self or self-confidence. A lot of times people dealing with um, bipolar disorder is usually during that time they can say, I can do something, I can do this thing. They move to people during that time. Do you understand? Just abnormal upbeat or like jumping moods and all of that. Yeah. And very increased energy or irritability and agitation too. Like I remember this time I was watching this interview on Breakfast Club and um, Kanye West was on the interview. This was a couple of years ago, more than five years ago. And he was talking about how Louis Vuitton or was it Gucci? He just had a problem with this brand and saying that they don't want to hire him for this or they didn't want to fund something. And then he said something. He was like, let me show you how powerful I am. And at this point, he was already ranting like, his voice was loud. He was sweating, you know. And he was like, let me show you how powerful I am. Every person within this area, every black person, don't go to the store today because I said so. And I remember thinking, no one is going to take you seriously because you are clearly having, you are going through something. And I didn't quite understand what it was until he came out to be like, oh, yes, I struggle with bipolar disorder. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense because it felt like he was a different person in that moment. And I was just thinking about how so many people will probably be dealing with bipolar disorder and they will call it maybe some form of possession or something like that in our society that when this person has this possession or has this, something comes upon them, maybe like a spirit and it, it could mm-hmm. mimic that if you're into stuff like that. But it's to me, exactly. it was just, it was weird. Yeah. Even another one, Jennifer Lewis, she is um, called the, the Black Mother of, um, the Mother of Black Hollywood or so. And she wrote in her book, she was actually vocal about it in her memoir, 
that um, her bipolar disorder made her very promiscuous. So she could, for like two, three weeks, she would go on this rampage and she'd be having sex with just any guy she could find or anyone, just picking them up. And she'll have orgasms and blackout. And for like another two weeks after that, she'll be, she won't be able to get out of bed because she'll be very depressed. And I remember thinking that is... <laughs> that is insane. Just having to live with that every day. Like my heart really goes yes, out like to people. At the edge, like of life. On yeah. one moment and without moment is still the edge, but it is just a a more um toned down, toned down edge. <laughs> yeah, let me put it that way. It is. So how can one spot early signs of this in children and teenagers, especially or young adults, like very early signs of bipolar disorder. Okay, so I, I think it's it's almost the same thing for everybody. But um, children children are very hyperactive. On generally, generally, a lot of children are. So um, but there's actually still a balance. There are children that are very not anything and all of that. So when when um, there's when it just spots that there's excess of something, you know. You you you're you want you're making food for your child, for instance, and the child just keeps hitting the table, for instance, just hitting, hitting. I want this, I want this now, I want this now. You you get that kind of thing, just being hyperactive and like even after you explain to the child that this is it. Now it could be a whole different um mental health illness, like that this child needs, or maybe your child just needs to understand boundaries and when to ask for something, understand? But this is something that happens a lot where children use um, parts of their bodies to sort of explain um, how uncomfortable that then they are in situations or so. a lot of things that have to do with what children are feeling inside their heads sort of show on their bodies. So is your child always trying to kick so kicking something like repeatedly? Um, is this child just locked up in the room, does not want to do anything? That's children normally do quote unquote like play games, play with friends, read a book, because a child not wanting to play or read a book is actually completely like it is okay. Do you understand? But how is the child displaying these things? Yeah. So is this child just locked up, not reading, not doing anything, just staring, for instance, just always um, on their own, for instance? I mean, that could be a sign of um, that could be a sign. Do you understand? And the next and the next day, this child is always very, very hyped up. Do you understand? And not because they're hyped up, because something they want to do. No. They're hyped up doing exactly what yesterday they did not like to do. Yeah. So it's stuff like that. Like having interest today in one thing and just um children lose interest in things, yes. But after they've explored them for a while, that's how it is. But like a completely change of behavior towards something within a day, for instance, or within two days and all of that. Um, those are signs that you should just check check for to see what might be going on in your child's head. So um could be the child not eating or not wanting to eat, total loss of appetite and the next day wanting to eat or the next the next time wanting to eat that same meal and sort of in an exaggerated manner like they can't get enough of it. Yeah. Restlessness um or very slow behavior. Um your child even fatigue in children. Um children get stressed. So there's something like um child and adolescent stress. Um but not, but after you have dealt with what might be causing distress in your child or the fatigue in your child, and this is and the loss of energy or fatigue remains, is something that you need to also check because it could be anything. Um, 
ability to concentrate or your child just being indecisive because a lot of times a lot of people boil down all these things to um ADHD a lot of times here yeah? while um bipolar disorder in children and teenagers um the diagnosis is not something a lot of people like to do because they feel like I mean this is very very this is not a this is not this is not a fun illness. No illness is fun, but bipolar disorder is 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 more dangerous in some in when it's mean and uh, when manic episode situations than than people want to want to accept. Do you understand? So, oh, sorry, I was going somewhere. So people water down a lot of things to ADHD, but even if your child is uh, has these symptoms and you think is ADHD, also try to test for bipolar disorder. That's um, with your with a professional just to see what options because again it might look like something but it's actually something else but these things also relate mm. to adults too yeah that's why I'm always very adamant that people don't just misdiagnose people around them or just um, or even misdiagnose themselves you know, you have like mental health hypochondriacs, like I like to say, or maybe I have ADHD or maybe I have this. And I'm just like, can you just not speak that over your life without even knowing if that is what you actually have? And if it is, then you can find ways to deal with it. Or I mean, people who can diagnose themselves with different things in different, in different conversations and some things are just a joke. Yes, tongue in cheek. But I'll just say we should be very careful before saying someone around us is bipolar or we are then i also wanted to ask what percentage of the population is living with bipolar disorder now i know a lot of the stats you use will be from probably america or somewhere else because it's more accurate over there than here because a lot of people are not big on mental health but what percentage of the population is living with bipolar disorder okay so i usually do do well not to put american statistics in my head (laughs) <laughs> so because <give> <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not dealing with america i don't think it's necessary for me I, I guess how, let me just put it this way how common is yeah. it actually you know how common is bipolar disorder because okay. you have all sorts of things okay let me just give you the statistics for america <laughs> i said <laughs> <that> there <laughs> 5.7 million adult americans are struggling with bipolar disorder this is so 7 million adults. Um, This equates to about 2.6% of the adult population. Um, Approximately 4.4% of them develop it at some point in their life. Um, So um, a lot of times, like I said, people don't like diagnosing children um, with this. And I, I generally also, I mean, that's, I mean, that side, diagnosing a child with bipolar just, Yes, it might be something. <laughs> it's it, it's something that can happen, but it's not as it's not as commonly diagnosed as between eighteen to 20, 29 or eighteen to thirty. That's the that's the age range that people really really diagnose people because I think at that age range you can see people are more 
I would say um, they are discovering themselves. They are more out there. They are more, they know what they want, what they don't want. And they are more, um, how would I put it? They're not, you know, as teenagers, everything people say, you're just being hormonal puberty and all of that. But as adults, it's more, okay, that has passed. What is actually doing you? Do you understand? I can be to Nigerians. But yeah, is that for Nigeria, we have no statistics, but it is it is quite common, especially from people age range 18 to 30, but it is definitely not as common as depression or anxiety. Anxiety being increasingly like, ah, increasingly rising each day. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you said anxiety in Lagos is increasingly rising. Let me tell you something. I oh, moved from, definitely. and I've said this before on the podcast, I moved from Lagos to Accra, and my dear, my 50% of my anxiety was cured just by moving. I was sitting down one day and I was just breathing and I was like, I'm not, I'm not as anxious anymore. And my friend that I moved with, she also said the same thing. Like most of the time we think, sometimes your environment, and honestly, my own environment was different. I was also like escaping like a toxic family situation. So me just going from there to living alone, it's like, oh my God, a breath of fresh air. And we don't really understand how sometimes the people around us or this, just the environment is really, really affecting our mental health. Now we know, oh yeah, these people are making me stressed, but listen, it can do a lot of damage to you. Like walking on the streets, because I was almost mobbed in Lagos, someone tried to grab me and I fought him off. And walking on the streets when it's a bit dark, I'm always on edge. I, or I was always on edge for a while. And when I moved to Ghana, it kind of came down. doesn't mean I'm careless now and I just walk around or I don't care about my safety. I still do. But it's just that feeling of someone getting too close to you and flinching. Like, I'll flinch when someone gets too close to me. You know what I mean? And I had to deal with that PTSD for a while. So, most definitely, anxiety is getting more popular. But don't let's segue into that. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely. We're back. <laughs> you said something about... Um, some people would have developed it at some point in their lives. So is this a lifelong thing or is something that can be treated and you can get better and it's over? Is that, is that possible? Okay. Um, so the thing about mental uh, health illnesses or just mental health in general, we try not to tell people that they are being cured or healed from certain things. Yes, you can be healed in terms of you can function um, effectively without needing drugs or, or without needing yeah, help, sort of like extra help. That's what I mean. But the truth is that at the end of the day, everything is managed and you can get to a point where, um, or the person can get to a point where they don't need, again, they don't need drugs, they don't need ter- talk therapy after some time for to sort of function or sort of um, go about their day-to-day life. But bipolar disorder is something that has been, that can be, that's, is managed for a long time. Yeah, it is managed for a long time. But there's no cure, per se, when it comes to mental health illnesses. There's just manage. And eventually your body decides it's not, it's, this is not necessarily a bad thing yeah. because with the drugs, constant drugs, constant talk therapy, constant like change of environment and all of that. Eventually the way the brain works is like a sponge. It takes in what you give it. So it can now see that um, everything is safe enough for you to function um, quote unquote, quote unquote normally. Okay. So it's that kind of situation. So it can be managed to 80%, 90%. But usually for mental health illnesses, there's no 100% cure. 
cure sort of situation. And yeah, but there is balance. Mm. Okay, that's good. But how how can we manage it? Like medication therapy. Like what what way will you say is the best way to manage bipolar disorder? Mm. Um, the best way is including both. It's not just doing talk therapy. Um, again, everybody's different, so there is no oh, this is this is a take, let everybody do just this thing and all of that, and they'll be okay. But usually, because of the nature of bipolar disorder, drugs are very, very much... Um, it's very important to see a psychiatrist and think about how to add drug therapy, um, but it's important to include talk therapy in the treatments because, like I said, it is not just... It is not just... Um, how would I put it now? It's not just about giving people drugs. Because a lot of times when people just go to psychiatrists, start going to psychologists, they give them medicine and they take this medicine. And of course it gives them, the medicine gives the brain what it wants. And it's, it gives it, it's artificial, <laughs> it's artificial chemicals. So it's giving it that thing that it wants, they understand to function pro- um, normally. And, but talk therapy does more than that. It helps, it helps with balance in terms of the environments that can trigger the person and how the person can um, sort of relate with themselves, relate with the people around them, um, relate with their environment and how they can make their lives, you know, they can function effectively in day-to-day life because stressors will come. They can't just always pop pills anytime stressors comes. Do you understand? Yes, they can. They should be effective, like very, very, like always take their pills when it's necessary and according to the prescriptions. But at the end of the day, it is beyond just um, giving you pills. It is also about things in your life that's also affecting you and how you can deal with them. So there's no one size fits all, but it's always very, very imperative to pair drugs and talk therapy. True. So um, from this, you can, is it true that someone can live a normal life? And I put quotes because what really is normal? But a yeah, life that they function normal, that because yeah. <laughs> everybody's like you're a normal person. I'm like, who's normal? Like I don't I've never met a normal person. <laughs> Everyone has something. But just a life whereby they can um work, maybe hold down a job or manage their business and have a family and still be normal. Is that possible? Yes. Definitely very, very dead. Like mental health illnesses can be managed as they can be managed properly. People living with bipolar disorder can have normal lives, can give birth to children, can have relationships, can have partners, can do every single thing that other people do. They just need to be in treatment so that it doesn't work, so it doesn't get to the point where um they're just constantly having um manic episodes and depressive episodes. Mm. And back to the treatments for one second. I know a lot of people who have bipolar disorder complain about the drugs. And this is not just bipolar people. People Mm -hmm. that have other forms of mental illnesses complain about the medications being given to them and talking about the side effects and how it makes them quite lethargic or for creative people, it it affects their creativity. That's what they say. Are there like, please speak on this. Do you think this is true? Or okay, it's probably just their thinking. Pardon? Can you, can you repeat that, please? Yeah, I said a lot of people who 
struggle with mental illnesses as, as, and bipolar disorder, I'm talking about bipolar disorder now, they complain about their medication and how it gives them this like dopey effect. It kind of makes them lethargic or lackluster and maybe not want to be creative or do what they want to do. Is this true? Like, does yeah. the, do um, the drugs affect other aspects of their lives? Yeah, there are side effects of every drug, actually, when it comes to um, neurological illnesses. Um, beyond, even beyond um, bipolar disorders, even beyond mental health disorders, down to um, things like epilepsy, down to things like um, Parkinson's disease, stuff like that. Do you understand? Anything that has to do with the neurological, generally drugs in general have side effects, you know? So at the end of the day, the thing is to um, speak to doctors or speak to a doctor about the side effects you're having. And they're usually like, um, usually it's not one drug that is made for a particular illness. So if they can speak to your doctor about it, how it's making them feel, um, they can either change the drugs to, I mean, you're not a lab rat, but you can change the drugs to you find the one that is very good for you or change the dose of the medication. This is not on your own, please. Always speak to a doctor about it first. Change the dose, change the drugs. Um, also, even change um, the lifestyle. Sometimes um, people... What people are eating is affecting their medication, but they don't know. Meaning, like, they are taking... For instance, now, it's a general rule that grapefruit isn't supposed to be paired with any form of medication. Like, you're not supposed to take it because it sort of reduces um, effects of medication. So you you might be taking it just to feel better or something, but before you know, you're feeling so drained or so tired or whatever. And, yeah, that's, that's an issue. Do you understand? Or you're not feeling like the medication is working. So... Different things can be the cause of that. Do you understand where um, they are feeling so tired or feeling drained or feeling like, yes, they are not dealing with bipolar anymore, or the psychological illness anymore, but they are, they are getting other symptoms like shaking hands and sweating and just fatigue. All boils down to the relationship they have with their doctors, how good these doctors are and how they can replace these things with other things. So yeah, that's a fix very fixable problem. Okay, so before I let you go, I have to ask, if someone knows a lot or has a loved one or knows someone that is dealing with bipolar disorder, living with it, how mm -hmm. can they support them? How can they support their loved ones? First thing I always say is patience. Any form of psychological illness, any form of mental health disorder, any form of just mental health issues in general requires patience. You will not be able to go forward if you feel like the person should work with your timeline because the person cannot. They are working with the timeline of what's in their head. So you need to be patient. You need to pay attention to warning signs. Um, so read. Be very, very equipped with resources. And not just, sometimes I don't even just advise to just read. Also read and talk to professionals because theory is different from reality a lot of times. Yes, we use theory to learn, but the reality of it is that these things are different. They vary for each and every person. So in theory, you might see that, oh, bipolar, um, people dealing with bipolar disorder should be this and this and that. But the person that is dealing with bipolar disorder in your house might not have all those symptoms or might have one or two symptoms or might just 
these symptoms can um, sort of present itself in a different way. So reading and also consulting, you do do you can go for a mental, a, a, a mental health or psychotherapy session for yourself because of your 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 family or your loved one that needs this help. Do you understand? Just to sort of have clear understanding on it. Also, take care of yourself. It's very important to take care of yourself. Um, yeah. Oh, um, take care of them also in terms of uh, be that constant rocking beside them that um, helps them understand why they need something or they do not. Because sometimes it's very, when people are dealing with mental health illnesses, it's very easy to forget, um, to sort of be out of touch of reality and just be in their heads because there's so much going on in there. Do you understand? So um, know the warning signs um, or know their triggers too. Um, equip yourself with resources no, like knowledge is really power. Be patient, um, pay attention, try to do everything in your power to make sure that um, they don't have things around them that might make the situation work and take care of yourself. Mm, thank you very much for that. Do you know of any support groups that deal with families or, or loved ones of people struggling with bipolar disorder and even people who are also Ooh. living with bipolar disorder as well? This is where we're lacking here. Um, they're really, they're, there's not like a lot of people doing that, especially here in Africa when it comes to support groups. So support group systems are things that are just coming in. For instance, we have Obodo with, um, for my friend Amanda, which I'm currently the supervisor of, but we don't have for bipolar. So we have for depression and anxiety. So for bipolar disorder, it's not easy to just do a support group for it. Usually it's in hospitals, you find this, um, group therapy even for it. But um, yeah, but I know in Nigeria or in Africa, I don't know of any, to be honest, to be very, very honest. I know I'm a mental health um, professional and a lot of times people require us to have all these things in our head. But the truth is that we don't. So you, um, but if you're from any other part of the world, I guess, um, I mean, you can check out them talk talk space yeah talk space better health and all they usually have things like that i know talk space should have one even if it's not um even if it's not a support group per se but they they're they're really they're really good at um, focusing on situations like this and helping people deal so talk space is something yeah. i recommend a lot Maybe um, yeah. in future, like what I'm thinking for this podcast, I as more people listen to it, then we can probably have platforms whereby people who are dealing with the same form of mental illnesses can yes. link up and just form a relationship. I think it's always yeah. very important to have someone who is dealing with the same thing or something very similar to what you're going through because, and, and especially when someone, that person is further along in their journey and you are just starting off. So you can oh, see definitely. that there is light at the end of the tunnel, just like you have for our yeah. colleagues and other people. I know I've been watching a lot, of, a lot of American and British content, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm here no, no, saying no. all these things. But I feel like, we, yeah, there's a vacuum there here for those definitely. things. And 
I really can't stress it enough because we really need to start taking care of ourselves mentally. There, there, there yeah. is really a vacuum and it pains me to even not be able to give you that answer, but it is the reality. It's something we're working towards generally as mental health um, professionals in Africa, but it's one step at a time and one person can't do all where you can count us. when not a lot, do you understand? Um, but hopefully in the future, this is something that um, I'm hoping with a few colleagues to make for support groups to be more common amongst us and um, physical and virtual so that um yeah so that uh, we have people like I said a community of like minds people that are just starting in the journey or not but even if you can't find communities like that you can start with um, like i said depression and anxiety you can find obodo um on that indd.me um where you can just go to support groups like that and those two support groups and sometimes even because part of bipolar disorder um issues concerning bipolar disorder is depression and yeah even if that part is just there's support in that part that would be good for you so yeah that's and also i mean you can also reach out to me if you need <laughs> um therapy but that's what i can provide <laughs> Yes, please do. Like, um, you can't put a price on peace of mind. I always say that. So for mental health, definitely anyone who's listening, who's struggling with bipolar disorder, or even if you don't know what you're struggling with and exactly. you just know that there is something wrong, please reach out. I have other um, psychotherapists that I interview, but also please just tell them your website again so that they can know and reach out to you if they need your services. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any more questions for me? No, no, no. I just I was just saying you should um give the give us your website again and your social media handles. Okay. So I don't have a website yet because like I'm doing uh, I don't know if I should say here because it's quite early, but um I'm <laughs> I'm working I'm working on that and there might be, even be a name change. Um, in terms of my service, but I'm working on a website very soon because I want to, I want to do a lot of um, you know, um, <laughs> mental health tech related things where mental health services can reach a lot of people, even people in diaspora that are so in need of uh, mental health professionals here in Nigeria, but can't necessarily yeah. see us all the time because I've had quite a couple of clients in that space and. I want to just make it bigger, you know. But for now, the only place you can book my service is Calendly. So it's just calendly.com forward slash Nungu Health. Calendly.com forward slash Nungu Health. If you go to my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the Calendly link is still there. You still you still see it. Like, it's just easy. Calendly.com forward slash Nungu Health. And you'll be able to... See instructions, booking, time, all of those things, anything necessary. If you have to email me with questions, I'm always ready to answer as long as they're therapy related or psychology related. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this and hope I'll have you back on the show in the future to talk about something else. Maybe when you start yes. a support group or something. <laughs> <laughs> we really love to talk about that because we really need more people like you okay thank you so much you're welcome and i'd really love to come in the future when i um yeah when um yeah when i do other things too yeah i'll reach out if i think it's something that you need to hear too yeah
Thank you for listening to this episode of Imole. Please make sure you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts wherever you stream your episodes. You can also send me emails about today's episode or anything related to mental health and spirituality through fanmail at imolethepod.com. Finally, please subscribe to the Imole newsletter to learn more about our episodes through the link in the episode notes. Thank you and see you on the next episode. This episode was produced by Aisha Salaudin, audio mixed by Lord Phil, and is distributed by Visual Audio Times. For more podcasts, visit visualaudiotimes.com.